Welcome to the Kimberly Wenya podcast. I'm Kimberly, your host, manifestation and mindset mentor. Here, we talk all things contemporary manifestation for the modern woman, looking to align her life with her wildest dreams. We talk energy, money, the universe, love and relationships, and more. Each episode holds golden tools, heart-led concepts, and universal principles to help you rise to your full potential. Get ready to embody a brand new version of you. Ready? Let's dive in. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Kimberly Wenya podcast. I'm actually really excited for this episode. I know I say that nearly every time, but for a while now, I've wanted to share the book writing experience with you because if you don't already know, I'm currently writing a book all about modern manifestation and it is actually the most heart fulfilling thing I believe that I have ever done in the business. It feels so incredible to be able to take the time to put my ideas and concepts and just manifestation secrets and rituals that I've been using in my own life into a book that's going to be hard copy that people will be able to have in their hands and highlight it and, you know, fold the corner of pages and take notes, all of that. That's my dream. And so it has felt like a dream come true to literally be writing the manuscript of this book. Now, yeah, I I basically have been wanting for so long to share the book writing experience with you, but for so long, I've also been thinking to myself, oh, well, who's interested in this? This is, this is pretty niche, like to a degree. But the thing is that everything that I've been learning through the book writing experience, I believe has so much to do with unlocking creativity, with unlocking your unapologetic voice to be able to create content or to be able to express your message through your business. So I really believe that even though this is about the book writing experience, that even if you're in business or you just feel like you want to be creative or you want to make sure that you enjoy what you do, uh, then there are going to be things that I think will translate really well from what I share with you in, in certain ways into your own life. So I, it was with that decision that I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to share a little bit about the book writing experience with you because I also feel that once it is out, I kind of would have wanted or wished to have recorded a podcast episode where I did share my experience whilst I was in the thick of it because whilst we can reminisce and think about memories, it's never really the same as when you talk about it when you're in it. So Yeah, even if this isn't of interest to anyone, I really felt called to document this for my own journey, to share things that I felt um, just nobody had really said before that I kind of wish I knew what other people were doing when they were writing or when they were creating, just the specifics on how they would hold themselves, what they would do in a day, what how they spent their time and the reality of it. I think that it's so easy for things like this to become romanticized, like, ah, you know, oh, that person's writing a book. They're probably sitting by a window with a gorgeous view or, you know, they're on holiday, you know, cooped up in a place where they can just focus on the book. And it has been far from it. (laughs) It has been far from it. And I wanted to share this, yeah, this journey with you. So it's with this that I'm going to be sharing um, all these things and just to, to start setting the scene, I'm currently in my office and um, 
I, I currently, this is actually really good for me to be recording this now because my right wrist is in so much pain. Just so you know, I have been so dedicated to this book and I've been using Apple software. So, you know, like a, I love all things Apple. I have an iMac, a laptop, all the Apple things, but the mouse, okay, I just need to say this, the mouse of the iMac, I'm saying like the mouse mouse, not the touchpad. It is so unergonomic that my my wrist is cramping up so much, especially when I'm editing the manuscript. I think that's what takes the longest. It actually takes the longest for me to go through everything that I've written in a chapter and to add tweaks, correct grammar, the punctuation, tense, you know what I mean. And basically, yeah, I've been holding my hand in like a, imagine you are just like extending your hand. So if you were to high five somebody, but you brought your hand even closer to your face, I've been holding it in that position for hours and hours and hours that I now have, I hope not chronic pain um, in my, in my wrist. So there is a lot of dedication going into this book. I'm not saying that to be dedicated, you need to injure yourself, but it kind of has come to a peak in pain today. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on the podcast episode today and we can resume the writing, um, you know, later on. Before we get into things, I wanted to share with you girls that I have created for you a gifted and packaged up actually a free complimentary masterclass that is called the vibration of money. So many of you girls have taken this class and enjoyed it thoroughly. And it is jam packed with golden nuggets. It will only be available complimentary for a limited amount of time. So don't wait on this. Definitely get onto it as soon as you can. It's actually one of our masterclasses from manifestation monthly which is our beautiful membership site that you get to take in the comfort of your home in your gorgeous little setting with a candle lit journal out pen out and um yeah i really hope that you enjoy it if you want to enroll for it it's completely free i'm going to put the link in the show notes it's called the vibration of money and it's a gorgeous also like if I say so myself, it's a really um, gorgeous video because it's kind of filmed in my living room where you can see the setup and the cute furniture. And uh, we're going to be talking about energetics of money and limiting beliefs. One of our angels called Claire DM'd me on Instagram and she said, I did this amazing masterclass today in response to like me telling you guys about it. She said, I journal out so many great prompts. I loved it. Thank you so much for sharing. So inspiring with a bunch of red love hearts. So this is the real deal, you guys. If you want to get access to this, the link will be in the show notes and you can enjoy it completely complimentary as soon as you enroll. So I just really want to start off this episode by saying a little bit about just a bit of an update because I've actually received and it's been so nice to receive a few messages from people being like, oh, you're a bit quieter than usual. And the reason why is because I'm writing this book. And I'm going to go into why I felt that I've been so quiet and why I feel like I can't do things as normal, um, because that might sound a bit unusual if I'm, you know, talking about mindset all the time, but there is a reason. Um, So let me just say that I've been quiet because I'm focusing on the book. I'm going to cover exactly why later on in the episode. Uh, And to set the scene, I, I just want to talk a bit about how it has been in the writing experience on a daily basis. What's the vibe? What's been going on? Why? Why is it that I'm not really posting on Instagram as usual or sending out emails as as much as normal or doing stories as much, doing podcasts as often? Let me set the scene. So 
This journey has really been about allowing myself to filter out anything that hasn't been my voice. That's really what I have been putting as my number one thing. And I think that when you want to unlock your creativity, I think a lot of innovation comes when you allow yourself to just eliminate everything that you think everyone else is telling you or just a lot of the influences from the outside world. And it's not to say that I'm not consuming anything at all, like no movies, no news. That's not it. It's more so that I'm staying off social media because there's a lot there that can, like whether it's just accidentally reading someone's caption, that is enough to just sort of Uh, twist your own words a little bit when you're trying to get it down on the page. So for that reason, I have really avoided (laughs) as much as possible being on Instagram, um, being on even TikTok a little bit, because I just wanted to allow myself to have the space to ask, what is my message? What is Kimberly's message? And if there was no right or wrong, and if there was nobody telling her what was correct and what wasn't allowed to to be said, what would she say? And so this is a big reason why I've also stepped back from a lot of these things. It is temporary. It's not forever. Even just me writing this book is is just going to be for a a certain amount of time. And once it's out, there's going to be so much that I have in plan for what I want to then bring to life in the business. And so it's it's sort of bled into my life in a way where I've had very late nights and I've said many times in the podcast that I'm a, I'm very much a night owl and inspiration will strike me sometimes at 3 a.m. in the morning and if you've read the book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert I just remember in one of the chapters in there she talks about how Sometimes uh, like genius or an inspiration will strike you at any moment in time. And it's almost like you just need to write it down. I think she says this, but I'm not sure if she does. She then goes on to say that if you don't write it down, maybe that idea might go to somebody else. And it's not that I'm writing it down because I'm in scarcity and lack mentality thinking that, oh, if I don't write this down, somebody else is going to get this. It's more so I just love it so much that I need to stop what I'm doing and I need to or I need to get up from my bed from dozing um, which I'm not really sleeping very well at the moment either as well because sometimes I feel like I just want to keep on writing and I'll write and write and write into the night or more so edit and edit and edit into the night and so this has really also impacted my sleeping habits it's really impacted um, just also if I go out I've been very much staying at home and Everybody has a different writing style. I wanted to make it really clear in this episode that this is, I don't think this is the only way to write a book, but for some reason with my intention and my goal for this book to be as good as possible, um, literally my, my heart and soul is being poured into this book. It, I was saying, like I was writing down notes for this podcast and I said, I wrote down my blood, sweat and tears are going into this book. It's like a piece of my soul, full stop. And as I wrote that down for a second, I was like, hold on a second. Am I 
Voldemort <laughs> like if, if there's a piece of my soul in this book am, am I literally Tom Riddle's diary because anyway it was just like a random thought that came into my mind but this book has um, a lot of vulnerable memories a lot of vulnerable things that and also a big winter window into my mind and how I think and um, how I think in terms of manifestation obviously the energetics of it so so much of what I do and what I do did to manifest my vision board in such a short time all of that is going to be in this book so as I said there's been a lot of late nights and I've been quite antisocial for the last four weeks I would say just hold up so I can focus on the book my only at the moment companion that I'm really around is blue my beautiful dog and he has been just the best company during this period because he he can't say anything to influence like or or to like distract my mind he's just a beautiful fluff ball of goofiness so one thing I did want to say on that on, on the whole like sleeping thing being interrupted is that I have actually embraced it I have fully embraced it I know that I could actually try to tame it but the thing is that I get so much inspiration in the dead of night that I just, I almost don't want to because I feel like it would compromise the finished product of the book. Just to give you an idea, okay, just to give you an idea, last night at about 2 to 3 a.m. I record, no, probably, probably midnight actually, 2 to 3 a.m. was when the other stuff happened, but at midnight I recorded chapter 6 on my phone because I like to I haven't done this with every chapter, but I like to uh, start to envision what it would be like when the book is on Audible or, you know, just when people can listen to it and things like that, which I feel is a little bit embarrassing to say. But, you know, I have dreams as well on how I would love this book to reach people. And so I'm sometimes thinking to myself, oh, it'd be so cool if, you know, when people listen to this on Audible, blah, 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 what their experience can be like. And so I'm recording chapter six and I just finished it. It just, it feels so exciting. Um, And I then played it back to myself. It's about 47 minutes long in terms of when I recorded it. And so I'm, I'm listening to it as I'm getting ready for bed and I don't end up going to bed. I end up going, oh my gosh, okay, yeah, that, that sounds good. I'm going to tweak this. I want to tweak that. And before I know it, I'm sitting in my bed with my iPad on its magic keyboard and I'm just typing my edits like I'm just tweaking some more even though I just finished wrapping it up anyway it it continues where I I finally feel like okay everything that I feel I wanted to tweak has been complete but before I know it it's 3 a.m and I'm like oh oh I know how chapter seven starts. I know how it starts. So I start writing down how chapter seven begins in the introduction. And before I know it, I have about 972 words and it's its its own thing. I'm building momentum and I look at the time and it's four o'clock in the morning. By the way, if you're wondering, you might be like, well, isn't Byme in the bed? Isn't he sleeping? Do you have the light on? 
Baim is currently actually in a, on a camping trip and he's climbing. And so this is why also I can just unleash this entire night owl and um, I guess this inner writer within me that wants to get this message out. And I don't have the full lights on. I just have my Himalayan salt lamp on. And I know this is so in contradiction to a podcast that I did and it just just a few weeks ago episode 313 um which is called a dreamy manifestation night routine because everything in there is about sleep hygiene and now I'm completely doing the opposite but it is for the season that I'm currently in and like I will always say there's never one right answer you have to honor yourself you have to honor what you're going through and everything is going to be in line with what your goal is and what you desire anyway eventually I did get to sleep but if I'm completely honest majority of the manuscript of the book has been written between I would say 10 p.m and 4 a.m majority of it and it's yeah it's very interesting one of my friends Eva was like oh you know your avatar, which I think is to do with Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic, um, categories. And she's like, that's very normal, like to get really inspired in the early hours of the evening. So I don't know much about that at all, but I was like, oh, interesting. Now, the other reason why I seize these late night opportunities is because there are moments and periods that I've been going through where I have absolutely wrestled with the book literally felt like it's not working, literally felt so flabbergasted for lack of a more modern word or a better word. But but like I felt so annoyed with it that I just want to just throw it in the bin if I could, but it's all digital. So I can't even really do that. So I feel like I want to almost hurl it away from myself and I get really irritated. And it's in those moments that I've had to force myself almost to walk away and to just say, look, right now it's not working. You're in a mindset where you can't even see a solution. This is the time to walk away. And this is what I recommend for anyone who is a creator, anyone who is actively in business or creating things. There are going to be times where you feel like it's not working, like you hate the damn thing and you just you almost just wish you didn't have to create it in the first place. Every single time, though, I find it really hard to actually trust myself almost that I will come back. Now, I've always been someone who's really persistent and I've grown up in the idea that more action is better. That's how I grew up. And and so when it comes to these times where I feel really frustrated, I almost in spite want to go, no, I'm going to keep taking action and burn through this barrier so that I can break through to the other side. And I've tried that. I definitely have, but it still took me so much time to get through to the other side that the times that I did feel stuck and I walked away and I came back, that time passed anyway, but I got to enjoy myself. Does that make sense? So instead of just wringing my hands and and wishing that I could fix everything, I would take a break, go for a walk, actually spend an entire day with my family or, or just doing something for me like watercoloring, Once again, something creative that wasn't exactly the same as writing. It just helped me to come back feeling so much more inspired. And trust me when I say the mindset that you come back in, it's entirely different. You actually see solutions that were there previously, but you couldn't see them. Just to give you a specific example, when I felt really incredibly stuck with chapter six, which just, which just finished, um, the the solution that I came to was that there were portions of 
this topic of visualization, which is kind of the theme of chapter six, that I had already kind of dabbled into in chapter five. And so what I needed to actually do was because I want and I'd like for each chapter to feel very kind of like a tight knit, solid chapter in itself. I was subconsciously being blocked from continuing to write chapter six because I just felt like whatever was covered in chapter five, I would be repeating bits of that. And I don't want this book to have parts that repeat things that you've heard um, in, in like a diluted form previously. It doesn't mean that I never repeat certain concepts because I think it's good to bring them back throughout the book. And it's really helpful as a reader and as a listener to, to hear them again. I, I feel like that's really important, but there are, I really just didn't like books that I read in the past that would kind of dilute a concept to introduce it to you in maybe chapter two, and then they bring it back in chapter eight, but they, they cover it in, in depth, but it just repeats so much of what they covered in chapter two. Like I, I very much want things to be succinct and concise so that you're not wasting your time when you're reading. Once I saw that, I realized that there were bits of chapter five, which was extremely long anyway, um, that I wanted to move over to chapter six and it felt so much better or, or not even chapter six, but other chapters where they, where those topics really belonged. So, you know, that was a shift that I didn't even think of until I gave myself the time to take a step back and to just do my thing and come back to it when I felt good. Just to get you an idea on why I hadn't thought about that, the solutions that I was looking for when I was really feeling frustrated at chapter six was more like, what is a new avenue I'm supposed to take? How, like, what am I supposed to cover? And it was very much like, what am I supposed to create rather than even giving myself the option to edit a previous chapter to make space for the others? So sometimes I feel that when we take a step back, we almost need to trust ourselves that we will find a solution, that taking a step back doesn't mean we're abandoning our project and that we are going to find a way out. Now, I just want to share a little bit about the sort of content that I might be consuming now because I think that all of us often need a bit of downtime. We, we either scroll on Instagram or we either jump onto YouTube and watch a few videos there or we're watching movies. And I think before writing the book, I used to do a lot more consumption of uh, listening to other audiobooks of uh, a similar personal development genre, but not in manifestation per se, because I, I just avoid all things in terms of the same field that I'm in so that I can always just allow my message to come through. But I think that when I've been writing, I also have started listening to other personal development books and then realized that I, I really didn't want to because even just their prose and how they were writing was starting to kind of interrupt how I naturally wrote and my voice in how I in how I would write the book. So I share this because when you're creating, sometimes I feel it's really helpful to not consume things in the same field as you and the same genre as you, only because if you want to be innovative, I believe, uh, you, you don't want to focus so much on things that are similar to you, but more on what is the best product that you could make or what is the best content or value that you can provide without having to look in other people's lanes. I think that things that have done the best 
that are even just like big companies that are the most successful. I've heard from the, you know, the CEO saying or whatever in, in motivational YouTube videos that they always focused on creating an incredible product. I just recently watched a TED Talk interview uh, where somebody interviewed Elon Musk and he was saying, or actually, I don't know whether it was in this interview or maybe it was like in a like a small snippet video, but he basically was saying that they've never really looked at competitors. They always just stuck to creating a really good product, a really good car, a really good electric vehicle. And it's because the product is good that it carried through the market because of word of mouth. And I think that that's the same reason why I like to just kind of get in my own bubble in terms of my field so that I can create things that I wish existed that aren't particularly influenced by anyone else who's in manifestation or who's in a similar kind of field. So this has been a roundabout way for me to say that the things that I have been consuming is not really audiobooks, not things like that, but it has been content that is pure entertainment or sort of indirect research for my book. Now, let me give you a couple of ideas on this because that might sound a little bit confusing. So what I have been doing is I have been reading fictional books that are not anything to do with personal development. And I have actually been going back to reading some of my favorite childhood stories like Harry Potter. There's a book called Lola Rose by Jacqueline Wilson that I used to love when I was in grade five and grade six in primary school. There's just, you know, just little heartwarming books that I really enjoyed that I want the entertainment from or I want to feel a certain feeling and that can help me to then create the book in a really cozy vibe because that is one of my intentions that I had. I wanted to write the book in in a cozy vibe that made you feel like you were being hugged by a warm blanket almost. And some of these books gave me that feeling when I read them. So I wanted to kind of be reminded of how that felt, but not from a book in a similar genre, because as soon as you kind of get into a similar genre kind of territory, you begin to compare and comparisonitis is such a, it's such a mood stopper. And not just that, just a creativity blocker as well. I also thought I would just give you an example of what I've been watching as well. So I've been watching a lot of movies, a lot of drama series. Some of the recent things that I watched was The Dropout, which was on uh, Disney Plus with Amanda Seyfried, I think it is. And she's acting as Elizabeth Holmes, who was like a huge fraud in the biotech industry. And it's really interesting. And I just I love Amanda Seyfried anyway, because, you know, we all know her from Mean Girls. But it's really interesting because each of the things that I've been watching, and I'll give you more examples, but each of the things that I've been watching, I have received some sort of take-home message in some shape or way. And the take-home message that I actually got from the dropout was if somebody who didn't have a functioning product could generate capital and funding for, I think she generated like 900 million, over over like a billion dollars for her company, which was completely not, it, it was completely a sham. 
then why am I holding back in terms of sharing my message? Why am I holding back when I genuinely care to help people, where I genuinely desire for girls to be listening to this podcast and get something from it and apply it to their lives or you know, to, to read the book in the future and, and learn something from it that can help them. Why am I holding back? I think many of us feel like we're shy or, or we're kind of waiting for permission to start speaking, to start sharing our message. But when I watched this, uh, this TV show, I was like, that's it. I am done. This book is getting complete. And so even from just a dramatization series that I watched, I was getting something that related to the book writing process or that related to my business. Another example that I thought was really random, but also kind of funny was I watched Tommy and Pam, or is it Pam and Tommy, which is um, on Disney Plus as well. And it's about basically some rock stars who end up getting a divorce, blah, blah, blah. But there was this one specific scene where I think they were sleeping and the alarm or the alarm clock next to their bed said 1 p.m. And I was like, here I am thinking that sometimes I'm so crazy to be falling asleep at 4 a.m. when I'm writing the book when there are these people, obviously, in, in this depiction. Obviously, we don't know for sure if this was true, right? But here, here I am seeing... Uh, a, a rock star couple who are partying and drinking and just like literally they're not really doing anything particularly um productive and I'm I'm feeling bad for like messing up my night schedule because I'm actually creating something it just gave like it gives me perspective sometimes just watching these and just remembering that the doubt or not even the doubt but the negative in a talk that we sometimes have to ourselves isn't always valid. And when we have these realizations, it unlocks more creativity because the more that we accept ourselves and the less that we reject how we are or our behavior or the things that we feel called to do in order to create, the more that we can just unapologetically create. Another thing that I watched recently was, and I will admit, that this is this is trashy not really in a trashy trashy way but i've been watching the johnny depp and amber heard trial just on youtube it's just been live streamed and it's gone crazy like there are crazy as in like there are a lot of people watching i've never been on a live stream with this many people before sometimes there's like 470,000 people watching it live um and i've been watching it not actually for just entertainment because i feel like that's kind of a little bit it's a little bit sick to be doing that, but it's it's more so just to hear the stories that Johnny Depp is talking about. And I think it's very interesting that there is a, in our minds that celebrities have these beautiful, extravagant, luxurious lives without a problem in the air. And when he's talking and he's testifying on the stand, he's talking about all of, the, and, and you can hear audio and video footage of complete nightmares, like complete, utter, just things you would never want to experience. And I think that at the end of the day, when you can see that everybody faces challenge, even the people with a lot of money, even the people with a lot of fame, you realize that whatever challenges that you are going through isn't just a personal attack to yourself, but is something that everybody is experiencing. And in a way, I feel that that also frees up a lot of creativity because it helps you realize that you are not an odd one out. 
and that there are a lot of people who will understand what you're going through. And when you're creating, why are you creating? You're creating to relate to others. You're creating to tell a story. You are creating to share a message. And when you can know that other people are going to relate to you, you feel more almost encouraged to create, to put it out there, to not feel like it's going to be left out in the rain and crickets are going to be heard. You feel like you actually are going to make movement. The other thing that I've been getting from watching this um, court trial is just a lot of insight into storytelling. So the the not the not that I want to like tell stories like Johnny Depp. It's more just so the way that he describes his feelings, his emotions. Uh, sometimes just seeing an example of that being done in front of you can help you to realize. Okay, so if he if he said that and people are understanding that, then what I wanted to say in terms of this message that I have that I thought was too far-fetched is actually not that far-fetched and I can actually talk about that or I can write about it and other people will understand me. Sometimes, I don't know if anyone else has this in their minds, but sometimes I feel like I've got a thought or a concept or something I want to share, but there's a little voice in my head that says, but what if only you are the only one who understands this? And what if you actually share it And nobody else gets it and you look like a fool. And I think that that tiny voice is what also stifles a lot of the messages that we want to share. A lot of the messages that we want to write down and and talk about when in all reality, if they had been said, if they had been shared, there's probably a lot of people who would heal from it or gain something from it. Think about I think about it this way. When I'm listening to Johnny Depp tell his stories, he, in his mind, probably, I'm assuming, would think nobody would care about this. Or he he knows, obviously, like TMZ and all those like paparazzi, they would feed on it. But in terms of like, if he was talking to, if he wasn't famous, the stories he's telling, he'd probably say to himself, nobody would really care about this. Like, this is kind of just a, a argument between me and my ex-wife. And the thing is... I am sitting there watching on my phone (laughs) this live stream and I'm having all these aha moments even when he's telling his stories being like wow he experiences that wow he thinks that whoa I would never have thought that he would say that or that he would have been told that like I kind of almost have all these huge aha moments that wow there's so much that I thought was not, I guess, what others would experience or, or for some reason in my mind, I thought celebrities were exempt from just from a matter of them having so much money or fame. And even though we know they're humans like anyone else, I, I think that we can't, we, we can't help <laughs> but think that their lives are just a little bit different. Now, going back to the TED Talk that I said uh, I watched with Elon Musk when he was interviewed that came out in April, just April now of 2022, I also got a lot of value from listening to that. I think that sometimes um, I find, at least for myself, when I kind of go into a little bit of a bubble, the things that I start to consume are very much like big big picture things with the people who are probably more well-known and more established because typically the reason why they are well-known and established is because they have such um, innovative thought in a way. Anyway, I just remember that in this TED Talk, um, 
Elon Musk says that I think I've always been obsessed with the truth. And when he said that, that for me was a huge kind of aha moment because I've always been a little bit obsessed with finding out the truth in terms of universal laws, manifestation. I obviously love the woo and love the magic, but at its core, I also have been really fascinated in the past with discovering what the truth is. And I think just when you can when you can see somebody that you might look up to or really admire talk about the things that have driven them, it helps you to light a fire under your creativity once again because you realize that, oh, if you know, if he was thinking that and I think that too, maybe I'm I'm onto something. Maybe I, I can create something cool in my own little community. You know, things like that. My last example for you is actually a movie that's called Color Out of Space. Now, this is a movie that is kind of, it's it's really sci-fi kind of uh, horror. And I don't typically go for these movies. Actually, I think I kind of do now that I think about it. But it's based on a book by a man called H.P. Lovecraft. And for those of you who are like, who are literally like no idea who this person is, it's basically a, an author who created this genre of writing. And the genre sort of includes in my eyes, and this could be completely wrong, but kind of like um, things like, do you remember in Pirates of the Caribbean? We're on this theme apparently, but with the second one with the villain who has like tentacles. So like sea monsters with tentacles and um, like the unknown and it's called cosmic horror, which sounds very, um, <laughs> really nerdy and super geeky, but it's typically about some sort of like world ending alien thing coming to earth and, and kind of just consuming the whole civilization. Anyway, this, this film came out in 2019 and it has Nicolas Cage in it. And you know, Nicolas Cage, he's, he's, unique. (laughs) And I enjoyed this movie actually, but what I got from it in terms of creativity and my writing and whatever, um, was actually the storytelling and how the author of the book actually incorporated something very meaningful into his story that I found incredibly intriguing. So the whole story goes that there is some sort of meteorite that lands on Earth and it gives off a magenta glow. And basically this magenta glow is seen by us as humans as if it's kind of like a hybrid of pink and blue, correct? And it's kind of like in between that spectrum now. What is actually the case is that you know the human visible spectrum, how it kind of is like a rainbow and there's all the colors that we can see and that's visible to us. I think apparently scientists have said that magenta is actually not on that visible scale. It's actually not on there. It's actually perceived by us because our rods in, in, in the back of our eyes can actually assimilate the color but it's perceived. It's, it doesn't actually exist on the visible spectrum. And so what H.P. Lovecraft, this author did, was he took that concept and he made it the alien color. He kind of made it the color that shines from things that went of earth because it's it's not seen in flora and fauna. It's not seen in nature, magenta. Um, so basically he was like, okay, this is like the alien color. And I was, I, I loved the fact of how he brought that together with such meaning and that just inspired me to be more creative as well with like how I wanted to tie things in together and so even in the KW book 
which obviously isn't its name, but the title will be revealed once it's once it's published. Um, even with this book, there are meanings in terms of num- the numbers and the chapters, and they're kind of like Easter eggs that I've placed into the book with intention, not by accident. So yeah, basically, it, it just it the numbers of each of the chapters actually holds significance to me there's a reason why chapter six is on on a certain topic and why it's the middle chapter there's a reason why chapter eight is on a certain topic and all of it kind of ties in for me and that was something that was important to me that this book wasn't just about whipping up a manuscript and chucking it into a self-publishing company and getting it out there it was really about how can I weave this beautiful tapestry that I would want to admire that I would want to read myself it's also for this reason that when I'm writing the book, I I want it to be read nicely. What I mean by this is I want it to, to sound nice. To me, I've always been so drawn to music and to like I, I practice I learned the violin when I was five and everything was about phrases and phrasing and dynamics and that really has kind of in a way influenced how I write because at least hopefully when eventually you do have the book, um, it, the way that I write certain phrases isn't just about getting a message across. It's also about how the sentence sounds, how the, how the words sound. My choice of words is very um, thoughtful and I, I want to choose words that make the, the book nice to hear. And I don't think a lot of books take that into account. I think a lot of books, especially in the self-development world, are very factual and are very and are very about step-by-step processes. And I've had book. I remember, oh my God, there was this one book that I read early in my journey that I couldn't read. Um, I don't know what the name of it is anymore, but I think it doesn't even matter. But the, the author wrote in such stop-start sentences that were so jarring to my mind that I couldn't finish the book. I literally just couldn't stand reading it. And uh, there was another book, I think, unfortunately, I do remember the name of it. And it was by Tim Ferriss, <laughs> which I love his podcast. I, I think he, I haven't listened to much of it, but I think he does ask really great questions on his interviews. But his book, I just couldn't stand. I think just because once again of the way that it was written. So I'm not saying that I'm writing this perfect book that everyone is going to love, but I am saying that I'm writing a book that I would love to read. And that's going to be different to what others want, but that feels so heart aligned. And I think that when you are creating, you've got to remind yourself you're creating for you. One of my mottos that I've said to myself when I've been writing the book is I'm creating, uh, not creating, I'm writing this for myself. I know it sounds contrived. I know it sounds crazy in a way, but also not because I am writing this book for myself in the way that it's an expression of everything I've learned. It's it, it's a homage to the things I grew up with, um, to the, the experiences I had, to things in my childhood that I think many of us can relate to. And so in a way, it really has been written for me to make sense of my life, make, make, but not just make sense of my life, bring out and amplify those lessons so that not only I learn from them, but people from all over the world can also perhaps apply those lessons to their lives if they want to. 
truly, 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 this has been a life changer. Just, just when I feel stuck with the book, I remind myself I'm writing this for myself. There's nobody I need to impress because as soon as I start to think in the mindset that I'm writing this for an audience or that I'm writing this specifically, and when I say that, of course I am, but it's more so just for an audience as long as I when I start to push it out of myself and I start to say I'm writing this for just an audience as a show as a performance that's when I start to lose that creative juice because I'm like I'm trying to please people I'm trying to I'm trying to think into what they would want to hear when the truth is I don't know that all I know is what I would want to hear and the best that I can do from there is just hope that others will resonate it with, with it as well. And this is very similar to how I've run the podcast. Much of what I've covered in episodes are just things that I wanted to hear, things that I wish people spoke about. And it's it's already shown to work to some degree because we have, you know, a few weeks ago we hit 900k downloads, which is so incredible. Another thing that I also um, made really clear from the beginning of writing this book is that I didn't want it I didn't want this book to be kind of used in in a way that a lot of other businesses use books for. I know of many other businesses who created personal development books as with the idea of it being a business card. And whilst there's nothing wrong with that, when I did read them there were parts in it that would say to make it to one of our seminars that we hold in all around the world, which you know is it's really dated as well because it just, it, it gives you a telephone number and it goes, call, da, 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 da. And I'm talking about, you know, the older kind of self-development books that kind of did that. And there are still some today that might do a similar thing. Um, but what I felt when I read that was like, oh, so this is, this is just a book to give me just like the surface level understanding of what you know and so you mean to say that everything that I'm reading that I'm investing all my time into is just like just it's just a diluted form of what you really teach and that really kind of pissed me off because here I was trying to eager to learn um and and I was a student with not a lot of money and of course like I wanted to create the income so that I could invest in in seminars it wasn't that I always just wanted to to be able to snitch people for their free content it's more so that you know I I wanted to get a good understanding Anyway, some of the books that I did read were complete, like some some of them were just very diluted forms of what their seminars would say. But the way that I'm writing this book, my intention from the beginning was to really give a full picture to the point where someone could pick this up at a shop. You know, I don't, I don't even know if it's going to be in shops, but I would love for it to be in shops. Um, right now, it's going to be definitely a print to order thing. For now, at least, I haven't even gotten close to that side of the publishing section yet. I'm sure it will come soon. But um, my my thought is I want someone to pick it up and just be able to know that I, I, I took care of them in that book, that they didn't feel that they had to go and take a masterclass as well or blah, blah, blah. And I think that, yes, in business, there is a time where you do want to obviously sell people onto other things. And that's a part of business, right? Because if you can find um, a, a product or program that where you can learn more, like you will want to invest in more. Like I've done that with people I've worked with. So there is a time for that. But I've always felt that books, I wanted to respect the book <laughs> and I didn't want it to be a dried up form of um 
what I would normally say. In fact, a lot of what I've already covered in the book are things I've never, ever spoken about, never on the podcast um, even. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, this, in case you're wondering, because I, I know I've wondered myself when, when people who have a podcast or people I follow release a book, sometimes their book has included just everything they've said before. But no, when I think about it, this this book covers things entirely different to what I speak on. Yeah, interesting reflection. Of course, there are themes that are similar. Like, of course, it's on manifestation. Of course, there's there's journaling in it. There's like so much in it. Um, but the actual like thick concepts aren't necessarily things that I really focused in the podcast before. Before we move on to the next section of the podcast, though, I do want to say that I'm not saying that businesses shouldn't be using books for growth. I think that it's an excellent like growth tool. It's only when the the quality of the book has been com- compromised for that goal that I feel that it has been not really ideal in my eyes. Now, I really want to talk a bit more on the why I've been so quiet. So like I said before, I found that my style of writing has really blossomed as soon as I've really allowed myself to be in a bubble. And not everybody is like this. Some people find they need to be Um, inspired by going places and traveling and to be honest when I think about the idea of traveling whilst writing this book I I can't want anything less because I just want to focus on almost almost like putting myself into a sensory deprivation tank that's what I feel like I'm doing I'm sort of being at home there's nothing to kind of distract me apart from shows and tv shows that I'm kind of indirectly learning from anyway um but so that I can really just not have to worry about anything else and just get the book done. And there are a couple of things that I wanted to share with you. So the first thing is, and I'm going to speak about this in in completely in the terms of business now. So this is in terms of business and growth and success, so to speak. One thing that I really learned during the book writing experience is that if you want to take on a project and prove yourself that you can withstand long-term gratification or practice long-term gratification, go and write a book that you're truly happy with. That is absolutely how I have felt during this journey. It's it's sort of like in terms of if we were to look at it from a business lens, it very much has uh, been a key lesson of long, long-term gratification because when you're writing a book, at least the way that I have chosen to write the book, um, it's not like I'm seeing the growth or the financial reward of whatever financial reward comes in um, through when, when I'm writing, at least not in its full potential, right? And so when you're pouring hours and hours and hours into writing, I'm sure any author would say this, you sort of have to, you have, to have the patience. You have to know that all the hours you're pouring into your work is going to be worth it. And it's sort of something I've had to remind myself because I would be lying if I said to my, if I asked myself, is this actually going to work? Like, (laughs) are people actually going to understand what I'm trying to say in the book? Are they going to like it? There's all these questions in my mind that feel kind of scary when you're investing so much time and energy into one project. I think it really goes back to reminding myself that I'm writing this book for myself. Uh, What that really does is that it kind of lifts the pressure of this book having to perform and it really gets me into the mindset that even if nobody loved the book, 
right? Even if it didn't do well, I enjoyed the process. I got to have fun and I enjoyed creating this thing. So I feel that when we are creating as content creators or business owners, I think one of the most important things is asking yourself throughout your creative process, do I enjoy this? Am I having fun? Am I feeling like my heart is being set on fire? Because if not, you can place a lot of pressure on the thing having to do what you want it to do. And the truth is that when this book comes out and it's ready for people to read, because I have enjoyed the process so much and because I would want to read this book myself and I've even listened to my own chapter, if someone dislikes it, I'm not going to take that personally. I'm not going to say, oh my gosh, like I wrote this for you. I spent hours and hours on creating this to be the best book for you because in all reality, I made it for myself. So if someone doesn't like it, they can leave it. I think that when you create for yourself, you step into a very empowering state of mind where you can't be knocked down so easily because, well, if people don't agree with you, that's okay because people are allowed to have a different opinion. People are allowed to think differently and that's not something that you have to control. Something else here which I think will probably relate a bit more to people who are doing long-term projects or they're writing a book or you're doing something that's taking a lot of time. And um, it's the idea of leaving money on the table. Now, I have been tested in every way to not scratch the business itch that I have right now, as in the itch to launch things and create new things and new programs because it's there. Trust me, I have so much itchiness to be posting on social media, to be creating more stuff for you guys and to like do all this stuff. It is itchy. But because I know my style and the container that I thrive best in to write this book and I know the message I want to convey, I really just need to focus on this. And and I gave myself the permission to do that painfully. It, it felt really painful because this itch is like, come on, like, there's so much you could be doing in business right now. There are absolutely courses that I could be selling. Um, there's definitely, what I'm trying to say is there's definitely money on the table during this process. But what I've been reminding myself and hearing from my heart is that the the message of this book has been so much more important to me than quick cash. I sort of like to tell myself that this book, once it's out there, it's it's out there pretty much forever. Uh, And once it's done, it's done. Like I've got the freedom to do whatever I want, although I have an inkling I'll probably want to write another book at some point, which is not a bad thing. I I love writing, but I I just remind myself that, you know, the, the temptation to go for quick cash is really, is really ripe. It's really there. But the thing is that if for some reason I did go down that route where I wanted the quick cash and then also wrote the book, I could be compromising the quality of the book and the message um, to the point where when it's done and it's out there, it's it's out there forever compromised. Does that make sense? So I've sort of said to myself, I'm going to leave the money on the table right now and I'm just going to put my head down and focus. It doesn't mean that I'm not making any money at all. I'm just saying that compared to what I'm normally launching and what I know is the potential of the business, it's it's not there as usual because I'm focusing on the book. There is definitely people who've written their book differently and they've kept tending to their business at a very high volume and brought in a lot of cash. But the thing is I, and and, you know, for a moment, I actually really judged myself against that idea for a good amount of time because I was thinking, well, 
if they can do it, then why why don't I just take on that mindset? Why don't I just like keep selling and making? And I and this is I don't know for sure. This is kind of like an assumption that I've that I'm making uh, through just kind of certain things that I know. But I came to terms with realizing I can't even measure between the two. None of us really can. Like none of us can really measure. Oh. I'm writing um, this blog post and, and she's running a blog post and she's also studying like, you know, we tend to do that. You know how I, I just listened to the, one of the books that I did listen to the introduction of, which I then stopped listening to because I was like, I, I, I can't listen to any other personal development books right now was Comparison Islands by Melissa Ambrosini, um, which I think is going to it's going to be a great read. I think it's going to be a great listen, but I haven't finished it because I stopped in the introduction. But she says in it, and this is completely how I also read resonated that we as women or anyone uh, tend to measure ourselves like category by category and I thought I was the naively only person who did this kind of like you go oh uh you she uses the example of going out for dinner with her friend and then coming back home and being really upset because she'd measure and be like, okay, she, I'm ahead in travel. Uh, she's a bit further in financial financial category. She's way ahead in relationship category. And you kind of like measure as a stick. And I really resonated with that because I know ex- I, I definitely have done that and probably will do it every now and then. I'm not perfect, but it's just so easy for us to be like, okay, I'm doing this project or I'm also running a business and and I'm in uni too. So is this other person, but she's doing better and I'm doing better at my my test grades, but she's doing better financially. Like we might be, you know, just kind of trying to measure up. And so this was exactly what I was doing when I had in my mind that there were other people writing books, probably doing that, doing really well in business and, and still launching and still doing all this, all the, all the, all the new programs, whatever. But what I ended up doing was just snapping the ruler, just completely snapping the ruler I was using to measure anything at all. Because I didn't like, this was me also just hypothetically thinking then there's bound to be people who, who are doing both, right? Because we kind of assumed the best for others, but the worst for us, which is really interesting. And so I had to snap that ruler because I had no idea the quality of the book that I was trying to reach and the quality that someone else might try to reach or you have no idea what their standards are in terms of what they will accept to sell and how the the level of quality that the things that they sell are at. And you have no idea. And I think that at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, what do you want what do you want? Like, what is the quality of the work that you want to put out there? And I know that there, you know, I've, I've seen firsthand people who've done very well financially, but the quality of their work isn't all that great. They're excellent sellers and salespeople, but when it comes down to the actual um, meat or the actual content, it's kind of lacking. And so you got to know that selling is not the same as excellence in what you do. They're two separate skills. And I think that some, you know, sometimes we confuse it and we think, okay, excellence in what I do is equivalent to how many clients I get, equivalent to the money I make, but that's absolutely not the case. You can be an excellent writer, an excellent coach, an excellent whatever, um, and, and not be very good at sales, and, and so because of that, not have as many clients as someone else might have. And so you can't even really measure in that respect either because the measuring kit 
just doesn't cater for how you are in terms of your skills and your talent compared to what you're bringing in. So at the end of the day, I said to myself, I really had this realization where I've seen that I really want, at least the direction that I'm moving more towards in KW that I've had big realizations for is quality. And quality has always been important to me. But to tell you the truth on my journey, I've worked with certain people who had a kind of a, a lower standard for quality, whether it was in how much was given or the the actual like technical qualities or whatever and I got very influenced and and persuaded that that was okay because of them being my coach at the time or them being my mentor at the time and this is what I what I mean by being in a bubble you realize what you really care about you realize what you actually want to do and so because I do care about the quality and I want to honor how I care about quality it meant that I didn't want to just be launching new things that didn't have the quality that I stood for. Basically, I would rather now put things out that really mean a lot to me and as, as value for you than to half arsedly do things for, for getting cash. Having said this, I will say that there are definitely businesses that probably have systems in place so that they don't have to be involved in generating income. To be honest with you, I, I just didn't have the quality of systems in place to have that done to, to the high level that I had previously been doing it without my hands being involved. And I'm okay with that because I know that I'm just getting started. I know that in terms of what my potential is. And sometimes we have to give ourselves that. I think as well, what is really important is to remind yourself that when we do what we love, the money always comes. I haven't really thought about this too much because I, I am very like heavily in the book right now, but you know, I I do feel that the quality of this book is good enough to the point where when it is out, there will be income that comes in. Uh, do, am I relying on it? No. Do I feel, am I putting pressure on that? No, but I do feel that because I'm putting so much genuine love and care into this book, um, that once it is out, hopefully the people who do read it can feel that through the pages and through the words and um, yeah, be genuinely moved by it. When I do think about the book, and I know that books aren't huge money makers as well, at least not that I've heard. Um, so when I do think about the book, it's not also for the purpose of money. It, it's really to spread my message around the world. And when I'm thinking about it, I, I'm thinking about the girls in all corners of the world reading this book. And I'm thinking about the shifts that it'll create for them. And, and that really inspires me. Like I said, this is a book that I'm obviously writing and feel fulfilled in the writing process but I do have the hope that people will enjoy it around the world so my loves the reason why I have been so quiet you know in a nutshell is because I I really care about the quality of this book and it's been really important to me to have that space to be able to just fully focus on it and there will be days where all I ever do is just edit or there will be days where I'm brainstorming or I'm on a walk and I'm writing down notes in my in my uh, phone and, and it's for a chapter in the book. And so if I do seem quiet, if I do not post as normal on my stories, it doesn't mean that I'm slowing down in business. It means that I'm pulling back so that 
when the time comes, we can go forward even more than we have ever before and spread our message and and to deliver a really beautiful book to you girls. I am not disappearing. I'm not forgetting about the business. There's so much going on behind the scenes that I haven't been able to convey to you girls until now. So yeah, definitely get excited. I would love for the book to be available later this year. I don't have a timeline or dates available to share with you, um, but I yeah I am so excited I've even been like just you know on the lowdown I've been kind of thinking to myself oh you know when this book is out I'm gonna be an author and I've been kind of saying to myself oh I'm gonna get let's get used to wearing the energy of being an author and that just feels so fun to me it just feels like wow that's gonna be a really cool achievement not because I want to use it to like garner external validation it's more just so that I'm, I'll be proud of myself that I created something that I can call myself that for, if that even makes sense. So this has been a pretty long episode, but it, it honestly feels like it went like this. <laughs> um, I do want to say one thing. If you enjoyed this episode and you actually do want early access to the book, there is a way for you to get that. It's through the KW Book Club, which I've created, where girls are getting weekly access to each chapters manuscript as we go. And uh, we're actually going to have some cozy book chat called book club chat calls (laughs) um one is coming up soon and we're going to have one after chapter 12 is released as well and we also have a slack slack group where you can discuss and share cozy insights and i've been loving all the feedback that i've been getting from the girls if you can't wait and you just you really want to get your hands on this inspiring manuscript i really believe that even you getting your hands on this sooner than when it comes out is already going to help you to immediately start to see shifts immediately start to transform your mindset earlier than you know when the book eventually does go through print and, and editing and all of that jazz In case you're wondering what some of the girls have thought about the book so far, I have two beautiful girls who sent me a few messages. The first one says, I have to say, I finally finished chapter two of the KW book and I loved it. You really struck home with the cozy vibes of the ritual of journaling and I loved the description of the three types of journaling. About to crack my journal open now to try it out. Another one of our gorgeous girls in the book club also said, I have felt such nostalgia this far. It really is a beautifully effortless read, which is literally my dream come true to hear because like I said, I want this to feel really beautiful when you read it. The phrases to just seamlessly flow into your mind and paint this beautiful picture that inspires you to also actively manifest and bring these secrets to life in your in your own life. Okay, my loves, well, it has been an absolute pleasure to share the book writing experience with you. If you did enjoy this episode, I would really appreciate it if you could share it with one of your closest girlfriends because word of mouth is a big way of how this podcast is shared and it would mean the world for our message to spread it with even more women around the world. All right, my loves, well, I will see you in our next episode. I can't be sure when that will be, but know for sure that I'm working hard in the background to get this book ready um, and I will see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you are a regular listener, I would so love if you could leave me an iTunes review. For more manifestation secrets and real-time updates, come follow me on Instagram at Kimberly Wenya. 
Until next time, big love, Kimberly.